detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us for the second episode of the uh, Mad Max franchise. This Tonight we'll be covering The Road Warrior. Jared, Maddie, again, here to, to go through the rest of it. Just a quick little piece of news, Jared. We spoke about this the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems that a, uh, there's reports have emerged about uh, from a $100 million budgeted movie directed by Doug Lyman <laughs> called Chaos Walking. Yep. Uh, the studio recently considered the cut that they received to be unreleasable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. It feels $100 million. So they're in the whole 100 mil. They've gone back for reshoots. I think it's a couple of weeks worth of reshoots because they reckon they could not make hide nor hear of it. Wow. Sounds great. <laughs> and I'm just... We are hearing more and more of this stuff. More and more of these movies that are extravagantly budgeted. Like, what? where's the stage where you can go... Like, this script's pretty average. <laughs> this thing's pretty average. We've spent how much? Two million to, to sort of develop it? Let's cut our losses here. Yeah. Well, it's better than, uh, you know, uh, when you're in a $100 million hole, you dig an extra 50 for something that the studio is saying is unreleasable. So uh, you're not going to spend all that money again on pumping it up to advertise it. Or so where are do you, you just go done? overboard? To just go, right, we are $150 million in the hole. We have to market this thing to try and make some money. Well, Let's you, pour another hundred on top. Is that the first thing? That's the first thing, uh, right? first thing someone's going to see when they Google it is unreleasable. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not fooling anyone these days, unfortunately. And the first thing you're going to do is, I need to see this. <laughs> the, day, the days of LL Cool J yucking it up on Letterman talking about how he fooled us all when he was uh, advertising Rollerball and doing the media circuit for Rollerball, you can't get away with that anymore. <laughs> Basically, what do you do here? You're a hundred mil as a whole. You don't spend a hundred mil on an untested picture, surely. No. You give give it to Blumhouse, get them to make it for 15, (laughs) and then you live or die with what you got. (laughs) We said this before. Hellboy had the same problems, right? There was supposedly issues on set and everything. Hellboy has turned out to not make much money either. I mean, Mm. I believe its opening weekend was very light. But it's, it's got it's, some competition. But it's, but it's got a $50 million dollar budget. But it had a week's head start. Still. It, it, it had a $50 million dollar budget. Like that's, yeah. You can wear that a little better than $100. Well, if you, it's a $50 million dollar budget on a property that's got a small inbuilt fan base that will make you some money. Mm. Now, Chaos Walking is yeah. based on some sort of novel. Yeah, I think it's a young adult novel, possibly. And did they not realise that that went out the window like six years ago, the <laughs> young adult? Well, I mean, all that stuff's just waiting for the next big one to restart the bloody, you know, it's all this shit goes in cycles. I know, so, but so when they, they started filming this, they they were unable to finish the elite the Divergent series. They they didn't end the Divergent series, and it was it made money to start with, mm. and then they just it fell off a cliff. They didn't even get to the last book. It's, I think that when I'm developing that movie, I'm going hmm. Well, that's, I guess that's where the budget comes in. You probably look at that as part of your expectation. And you go, say, $30 million. Divergence really trampled all over this. Like, it happens. Like, the, that'll, that'll drop off again until the next Hunger yeah. Games or the next Harry Potter relights the fire and people want to see that stuff again. Yeah. But the thing is, as you said, if you've got a script that is good and you green light it, 
How the fuck do you go to unreleasable as the next step <laughs> with a hundred million dollars behind it and good people involved? Like I think Tom Holland and Daisy Daisy yeah, Ridley are the two yeah. actors, and as you said, Doug Liman. Doug got- Liman has have made a habit of making movies that are. <laughs> Not in good shape, and then they somehow come out all right. Yeah, so they even mentioned the Born Identity. Yeah, they said that was not very well received when it was first put in to the studio. So yeah. he knows his way around good filmmaking. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I reckon this is just one of those things where someone got excited about it, and they couldn't differentiate the fact that a hundred million dollars is not a a fair outlay for this. Like you've got to be smart and you've got to risk assess and say this is not going to make that those kind of dollars. Yeah. So we need to pull it back, make a smaller film out of it. I don't know. Maybe they thought Strange. they had, well, thought they had a billion dollar budget stuff, and they still had more to spend. Yeah. <laughs> they blew it all on the Good set. Lord. Strange. Well, let's put it this way: it's not on my <laughs> not on my must see list. No, no. Uh, all right, well, let's... Uh, it might be if it's still considered unreleasable and they release it, then it might be... It's a lot that, of money. ...of my must-see I could teach myself everything about film for $100 million <laughs> and make something better. Yeah, just something releasable. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel that with with half that budget, we could make something that was releasable. <laughs> I mean, it would be shit, but we'd get it released. <laughs> let's face it, anything's releasable. Amazon Prime would be all over it. Amazon Prime would be bloody... Knocking down our door to get it to get the right. <laughs> you can't release it there. Is that a challenge? We better get on Patreon and start, well, you know, go funky and start making thirty million dollars to make a releasable film. Listen for the details of the well, episode. Imagine that guys. on the GoFundMe page. We need thirty million dollars to make a movie. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's take it. I suggest none of us are putting that down on our list. But, look, put it this way, if it does get released and comes out and it's terrible, we'll be talking about it on here not long after. Yep. All right, let's take a break. Here's the trailer for Mad Max 2, a.k.a. The Road Warrior. This is what it has come to. Without gas. The Among Us rules the wasteland! I'm gravely disappointed that you wish to take the gasoline out of the wasteland. Defend the fuel. We'll never walk away! Give me the pump, the gasoline, the whole compound. This is a land that prays for a hero. Anyone's gonna get in there, it's gonna be you. This is Mad Max 2. Talk to me. 
do the job, I need some high-octane gasoline. Got yourself a deal. You can run, but you can't hide! You're gonna crash, or crash through? I was wrong about you. I'm sorry. When it's every man for himself. left to run. When all that's left is one last chance. Pray that he's still out there. Somewhere. Mad Max 2. The Road Warrior from 1981, directed by George Miller, produced by Byron Kennedy, and the screenplay is by George Miller, Terry Hayes, who did Dead Calm, and Brian Hannett, who uh, wrote uh, Tom Burlinson's movie, The Time Guardian. <laughs> I remember watching that back then. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it cropped up in Not Quite Hollywood, too. It's yeah. a bit of a steamer. It stars Mel Gibson as Mad Max. Emile Minty is the feral kid, Bruce Spence is a gyro captain, and Vernon Wells is Wes. Budget was $2 million, and it made $23 million in the US. Jeez. And well Mel only has 16 lines of dialogue mm-hmm. in the entire film. Two of them, one of them is repeated, isn't yeah. it? I, only came I just came with the gasoline. gasoline, yeah. So he obviously doesn't have a lot to say. All right, I'm going to go first on this one. A rare sequel that's better than the original in pretty much all aspects. It's better polished, but yet not polished so much that they take away that rawness and the landscape and everything that's there. It builds on the already established sort of very bare-bones mythology, but it doesn't lose sight of those action scenes. Mm. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, the third act on the tanker it's one of the greatest action scenes of all time, mm. I reckon. Mm. But the film is just, it's its tight, it's its A to B, and it's visceral as anything, four and a half for me. Yeah, I'm the same. I kind of I look at it a bit like sort of Evil Dead 1 and 2 where in a lot of ways it's a do-over, but with the cash you didn't have the first time around. Yeah. So, yeah, they continue the story, but they repeat a lot of the elements and... Uh, as you said, they, they they don't lose sight of what made the first one so good. Um, but they expand that world. They obviously had the money to, to come up with a set that that uh, they were able to make it look far more into that kind of post-apocalyptic setting. Was the, that also the, shot in Australia? Yeah. I think it was South Australia somewhere. Hmm. I think. <laughs> don't quote me. <laughs> um, but the... The thing I like about it, though, is these nothing characters actually have... They've actually got little bits and pieces that kind of create this backstory for them that you sort of have to fill in yourself. So they're not nothing characters. They're not just They're not just henchmen and... Random weirdos. Random, yeah, they, they are random weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> they've got they're random weirdos with a backstory. <laughs> like, for example, you get this, this sense of Vernon Wells and this other guy... And you're not exactly sure about what the relationship is, yeah. but it kind of builds up this character, even yeah. though you get very little out of him 
there's no dialogue between those two. No. Um, but you get a sense of emotion when he when something happens. Yeah, you're same with Lord Humongous. Like you don't get a lot from yes. him, but you understand there's one shot where he's clearly burned or something. Yeah. So you understand, okay, there's probably a reason for the mask and then he's there's his gun which suggests he's possibly a military or he had a yeah. family that were military or something. <laughs> you get these little bits that, that kind of build this world out and um, whilst keeping keeping Max to, to a perfect amount. Like, he, as you said, he doesn't have a lot of lines, but you get his interactions with his dog and the feral feral kid that are all you need. If you've seen the yeah. first movie, you've got all you need, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I reckon it's it's four and a half for me. Mm. Hey. Yeah, I, I haven't got any major complaints with it. The um, entertaining, like you said, the, that last act is phenomenal. And you can see they've taken parts of this one and, and rolled with it in the future ones, in the, yeah. especially in Fury Road. The best parts of this one they've taken out. The, the plot flows through. There's payoffs. They build things up and then they... And then you just see the futility in, in a bit of it right at the end. And yeah. It just makes it so good. Yeah. Again, it's those bit characters that uh, that make it that make it just that little bit like um, more quality, and uh, it, it keeps your attention the whole time. Uh, the I was, I was happy, I'm happy with the four for that one. Four. Again, the opening line is the action scenes are. <laughs> <laughs> just unbelievable. Bloody hell. <laughs> I just feel like for the first one, the second one, and the and the and the final one, they, I feel like that it's part of the, this mythology of, of Mad Max. The third one mm. it turns into they've got some random sci-fi apocalyptic script and just chucked Mad Max into it. Yeah. Like we if he's only saying sixteen lines in it, yeah. That is that's all you, you don't need him talking. Mm. It's it's him looking out for himself and because these movies yeah, well, with a bit of, with a bit of character development or action and reaction. Yeah, and it's ingrained. You've got to move across this fucking vast yeah. expanse in cars at some point. That's it. Yeah. And you've got to have a 20 minute action. And, and, and like, as you're watching it, you've got this whole folklore about uh, his on at his contract or whatever, yeah. and, and it just adds to the whole uh, building of this world. Yeah, absolutely. But the the action scenes is just I love they actually spread the scope a little bit. Mm. You got some bigger action scenes. You got mm. um, some non-car related action scenes. Like yep. the, I love the raid on the the camp mm. where Humongous's crew he try and hit it and yep. try and take it out. Yep. There's a couple of huge explosions. Like they throw a bit of that in. The cars too. Like obviously they've got more money to spend. So you've got a wider variety and more cars. Yeah, so like the, you Humongous see it from aerial views and there's like seven or eight cars. Yeah, Humongous's crew looks really intimidating, especially when Max is looking up there from the rock and all you can see is what looks to be this little settlement in this kind of vast expanse and then Humongous's crew just seem so overbearing because yeah. they got and then you know they could stylize the cars a little bit too which they didn't get as much chance to in the first one I suppose but uh, yeah all that stuff just Equal to you know when they when the action was on, it was it was great. Mm. Yeah, and as I said, that last twenty minutes is just yeah. everything's happening. It's definitely and the pure like logistics of getting that done on a two million dollar budget in the fucking outback. Yeah, would have been a bloody filmmaking bloody hell. Imagine if they gave him again. Imagine if they gave him regard for life. <laughs> you know, it, honestly, in the in the trivia for IMDb. One of the pieces said 
uh, one stuntman was advised not to eat 12 hours before his stunt in case he needed to be rushed to surgery. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. There's also, the, you know, the, the but one nothing's going to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. The one where the guy flipped over end to end, he hits a car and then he flips over. Yeah. He was supposed to jump the car. Oh, jeez. it and busted his leg. Oh. But they said... You looked so impressive coming off the bike, <laughs> going end over end, but th- that's the shot we used. <laughs> you might have been hurt, but <laughs> it was, yeah. And they show uh, on the on the DVD. I had oh, actually, it's on YouTube as well. They show <laughs> a little kind of making of, and everyone kind of rushes to his aid. Then they show the shot from the film, and it's him just fucking flipping end over end after his. I bet you, you got a lot of work. We want you to do that flippy thing. You do. Yeah, can you do that kind of? You know that. George Miller walking around the sink going, walk it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Rubs> <laughs> <and dirty. laughs> yeah, oh, we're on, we, oh, we're on a bloody deadline here. Get your ass. <laughs> Imagine getting that call, though. Oh, they're making a man, another man back to me. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just recovered from the last one. <laughs> I really need you. Pagey's on board. <laughs> it's oh, like, oh, God. shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got other things on, mate. <laughs> You're not making another happy feet by chance, are you? <laughs> yeah, can you make this animated? Look, I, can do, I can do some bloody stunt work for Lorenzo's oil. <laughs> That's what you <laughs> I think the acting's a lot better here. Yeah. Again, you've got a few more seasoned people like Seasoned Cookie. Cookie. <laughs> You're a country practice <laughs> in an apocalyptic world. Still the same bloke. Same bloke. It's absolutely cool. So Wanted Valley, Wanted Valley is, is an apocalyptic yeah. world. Isn't it? it was the lone survivor of Wanted Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Found himself in the midst of this, uh, you know, this gas pumping. Seriously, if he had a choice between dealing with the humongous or Bob Hatfield, he'd probably rather deal with the humongous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Mel Gibson is much more self-assured in the role and yeah. actually gives it a, a nice touch of he's a mix of being tough but also real world weary. I, yeah. I thought he was going to pinch your word, Maddie. I thought he was going to go for the pathos. And <laughs> <laughs> but he looks like world weary and stuff and yeah. he, he mixes it really nicely. Yeah. And it feels the lack like it's of a dialogue. Bit, it's a bit further down the track. And he's been a bit weathered by this world. Yeah. Yeah. He's been out in the world, yeah. knifing blokes left yeah. and right, and yeah. you know, driving over him in his buddy souped up. Yeah. <laughs> I love that car, by the way. The and also the, the switching from petrol to gas, isn't it? Isn't that what he switches over? You know, in the yeah, car? Yeah, Does yeah. He oh, yeah. Is it a gas that puts it on a gas mm. power? Okay, he's searching like for the gun underneath the car. Yeah, no, that was the, um, that that was was the, the, the booby tap device. Yeah. But I do like that bit where he reaches for the knife and he's like, bloke like you would have a weapon under there. Might have to pin your head to that. <laughs> he lets it go. For the most part, the acting's pretty good in this one. Yeah. Again, not a lot to do work with because the plot is not super fleshed out and the character's yeah. not super fleshed out. There's a out. bit of overacting by the bikies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's but a basic that's uh, part and parcel. It's a, you know, well, they have to. Yeah. So, I mean, look at the costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be normal in them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's basically just... The world has a bit of screaming and stuff. It's <laughs> yeah. A bit yeah. It's, I mean, this one, it's just like those samurai or western pics, you know, like the little town that's being... 
being hounded by someone. Bad guys. And then, you know, the lone fucking wanderer comes in and helps him out. But again, yeah, you, you've, you've got enough of that. That's, that's not what we're here for. We're here for, mm. we get those little interactions and if you do them well enough, then the twenty-minute action sequence is just you know the cherry on on yeah. I'm oh, sorry, that's the cherry on top of the twenty-minute action sequence. Yeah. Well, just the things I I, I don't know I, the things that I really like about this one is the those moments where you're in a serious scene. So, for example, they're they're confronting about we're going to break down into your town and we're going to mm. we're going to take what you have. Yeah. So you do it peacefully and and we won't kill you all or you, you're in trouble. But then you've got this little monkey kid coming out. Throwing, throwing this boomerang <laughs> and then everyone's just pissing themselves because this guy's lost half his head <laughs> and then he kind of laughs just, along with the joke he's yeah. holding his head and he's, <sighs> he's grinning it's like, <laughs> but it's like in those these cock-ups happening but that's the that's as serious as this world is like yeah. it's just the the, the parts where you you're, where you try to be serious and aggressive I guess can be overrun with this comedy and uh, it's still mm. it's just how it works in this world yeah I also I like it. that um, that in lieu of Max saying all, or, you know, having any dialogue whatsoever, basically, they kind of use the feral kid for him to kind of bounce off. Yeah. To get his kind of feelings about yeah. the situations out and the fact that he can't connect with anyone. I mean, he connects with the kid who grunts and doesn't speak more than anyone in the, and in the camp. And he used a couple of sequences. Mm. The bit where he uses the music box yep. and the kid gets yep. all excited. Yep. And then the sequence where he's out in the wilderness in the dark with the... Jerry cans, yeah, and then yeah. he gets in a bit of pulp. There's another gang there on his hammer, and the feral kid comes out and helps him. Yeah. Leads him back. Yeah. But you're right about this. There's a little thread of comedy running through some yeah, of it. Yeah, Which the, uh, gets to silly levels in the next in the episode. Next <laughs> but the, the sequence involving... When he's out in the wilderness with the jerry cans, he's lugging those four jerry cans. They're super heavy, and he comes across the gyro captain. Yeah. Next thing you next see, the gyro captain's carrying yeah. <laughs> He's chained <laughs> to yeah. Max. And then my favourite sequence is the conversation between the head of the camp and the guy, the mechanic. Mm. And they're both using intermediaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's sort of explaining it to the, you know, the, the bloody thing's knackered. And this bloke goes... Oh, she's dagging. <laughs> <laughs> he's also, the, he's he's seems, no teeth. Yeah, he seems to make a gag about his teeth too because he says, oh, there's two two of these are cracked and missing or something like that as he's talking about it. I believe he's the same bloke from the first one too, isn't he? The, the, oh, the, um, the good dude on the farm. Dude, yeah, on the farm, yeah. I think. Could be him, yeah. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> that scene, I was in stitches. <laughs> 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 It's just full of, once again, interesting little characters. Yeah. And they take up limited time, but it means the story's not about Max. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not about... Max doesn't become the... We have to have him in every sequence. It's yeah. so satisfying when he's in it because you've had all this other stuff going yeah. on and you're like, oh, now I can focus on yeah. what's going to look on the action. And in, in, I mean, I haven't watched Fury Road in a couple of years, but... I believe Fury Road's a similar in a similar set 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 up in a similar way. Mm. You've got little characters, and then you've got Max and Furosa. Yeah. And, and then, but they're not on screen all the time. Yeah. And so, same sort of thing applies with that one. That this one does really, really well. And even down to Humongous, who's only what a couple of sequences. He's not in a lot. But he's got a menace about him. 
Yeah. <laughs> As I said, he'd be dazzled his bloody leather, <laughs> leather cock protector. But, but that, even that, the look is so, like, it's iconic. I mean, there's still bloody, as soon as that came out, the old bloody wrestling territories were copying the costume and had Lord Humongous as a character. Like, it's just, you know, they see something that, Seem to work, yeah, and it, it, it did, and I, I really felt that most of the characters sort of fit, and it worked out really well. Yeah, I um, also like that. Um, <laughs> I Vernon Wells was actually pretty good in this, and he was in better shape than he was in Commando. But the fact that he's got a mohawk and arseless chaps from <laughs> <laughs> start to finish, I couldn't stop laughing. There's one part I think where he jumps on a truck in dead set. You can almost you can almost see the bloody Balls. the dot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what though? That was in my dislikes. No one needs to see him in the chest, man. I can tell you. We, yeah, we. I, I just, I couldn't stop laughing when I, when I would see it. <laughs> I didn't realise he was in Arthur's Chaps initially, and then he gets off his bike, and I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, Vernon. <laughs> Did you read the brief? <laughs> what they were asking you for? <laughs> um, I actually like the opening recap. Yeah. Where the, you get the, the voiceover, and they give a small understanding of why we're in post apocalyptic world. Yeah, the machines, they break down, and everything like that. Then we get. Some flashbacks quickly of the first film. Yeah. So we catch up. And break your heart again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they just give you the quick sort of synopsis over a couple of minutes. Mm. Um, and they use that. I like that sort of old grizzled guy telling the story. It's, it feels like, you know, like campfire story or something. Mm. Yeah. And the way that story ends up, that was the last time we saw him. He, ru- ru- he ruled the wilderness or whatever it says, you know. It's just a really cool way to sort of have it, like bookended by this kind of story yeah. that they're telling. Uh, I love the gyro guy. I love yeah. the fact he's set in a trap too. Yeah. yeah. He's well, buried he's... in it to his ass in <laughs> bloody sand. He's, as you said, he provides sort of an element of comedy, mm. but he does a bit of the talking sometimes. Mm. Like he's, he's talking at max a lot of times. And he's kind of, he sort of mirrors Max in a couple of ways. Like, they're they're different, but he also has this, for whatever his motives are, I've got to help as well. I'll wear a team and kind of makes this connection or whatever. And I really like that. And I actually like bringing the gyro copter in. Yeah, it kind of gave kind of us this a bit of over. Yeah, you can see oh, there's a few yeah, shots up above. A couple of really nice shots from that, but it also gives him this kind of safe place to. Yeah. To, do his fucking giggles and carry on. Isn't that nice who he grows into, though? He starts to try to pick up that girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got no hope. <laughs> By the end of it, she's hanging off his arm. Yeah, that's like, right. Again, they quickly establish how bad the gang is when they pretty much rape and pillage that pair out in the... Yeah. They're watching it, they're watching it through the... The yeah, the telescopes gun. being switched with binoculars. Yeah, I love massive. that. I love that. That's a great way to show the status. The old mate pulls out the telescope. He looks up and goes, "Give it in, give it that." <laughs> um, yeah, it just again. It, look, it's a primitive way of doing it, and I don't necessarily always agree. And I think you've said in the past if you're using rape as a, a kind of a you know, device to mm. to make someone want to get exact revenge but in this case you're talking about this lawless land mm. yeah and that was the idea I think behind it it's, yeah it's sort of 
people reverting to these kind of savage instincts, instincts yeah. and things like that. So it's and again in this one it's not necessarily gratuitous. It's just no. kind of implied. And uh, I think I, I'm still not a fan of it as as a as a device. I think it was it's just an easy crutch. It even seems to be for Miller, who's an intelligent dude, and yeah. an excellent filmmaker. But I think his it's again it's. It sounds like a cop-out to say, but it is sort of a product of the time at, yeah. at that point, that it was just accepted part of... And look, what thankfully it's not gratuitous and, you know, they they move on from it. It redeems it a little bit by having a powerful female character in there as well. Yeah. The he's warrior been, woman. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he's, been, he's been pretty good at that mostly. I mean, Furiosa, for example, is just yeah. awesome. And she's... Yeah. I think, you know, it, it does reflect a little bit of the... The time and and what he was going for, as you said, um, it's, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad we've moved on from that yes, thing. Yes, I, I agree. And again, it it it, it felt difficult to watch, mm. you know, which is the intended to, moment yeah. of it. But still, I see where they got the hood ornaments from from Fury Road. They had a couple of blokes tied up to the front of some wagon they had in this one, <laughs> That's too. That's right, yeah. <laughs> no, I they, for, they, they were on there for some time, too. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. Oh, man. Maddie mentioned futility, and I think one of the parts that, that kind of does that for me is uh, the fact that when Cookie pulls out the brochure of where they're going, it's the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, that was shit. great. <laughs> but it's sort of, it seems intentional for, yeah. a, for a bit of that kind of purpose, but it's yeah. it's quite a little, again, it's a little bit of the, it's a it's a dark kind of comedic yeah. moment Touch. again. <laughs> Good on you, Cookie. <laughs> cookie. <laughs> How did he not get more work after that? A <laughs> big star in Hollywood. He should have been. <laughs> oh, you would have thought he punches his ticket after this. <laughs> I was also a huge fan of that this whole sequence where Max basically tells him, look, you know, they say, listen, we want you to drive the truck. And he's like, no, nah, I'm leaving. And then he, you know, and he basically just shuts him straight down, you know. Mm. I'm leaving. That's it. And he gets out on the road, he's immediately attacked, and they bring in the bomb, the booby trap, which you know is going to be there. You know it's going to happen. But when it comes, it, it, it's quite, you know, it's you kind of punch the air a little bit because he's, he's, he's in the real shit at that stage. Yeah. yeah. And then it just goes off and blows the pair of them up. And then he's suddenly back in the, you know, he comes back and he says, you know, I want to I drive, drive the truck. Mm. And you kind of... I mean, party is like you. You kind of wanted him to do it for the right reasons, but then part of you still he's, he doesn't want to connect with anyone. He's he's still scarred by what happened with his family, and he's just doing it because he doesn't have another means now. Yeah. But you're kind of hopeful that you know he's he is doing it for the right reasons, and it, you know it gets to that point where that's what it is. Like through the through what he shows through those sequences and he shows the care for the kid and stuff like that. Yeah. It all brings that kind of back, but it's it's just pretty well played throughout. Yeah. And then that final 20 minutes, I mean, it is everything is happening. Oh, it's they're throwing <laughs> everything. Cars are getting run into everything. Yeah. yeah. Including the two hood on the tanker. <laughs> Fear up the backside of the tanker. Yeah. 
they rip through a couple of the of his people as well. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the, it's not we're getting out of this unscathed. It's like, yeah. you know. It's definitely sacrifice. The, yeah. um, but even just parts of the truck falling off or mm. well, parts of the defence system on the truck falling off and turning into nothing, you're just like, oh, it's like things are unravelling slowly. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that, I, I love the, the people on the poles as well. On, and they yeah, reuse it, which they, they reuse re- massively in Fury yeah. Road. But yeah, they started here. So yeah. good. They even did it in the first one. Remember the the, the dude on um, the tanker when the when the when Tokata's crew jumps on the bloody yeah tanker. Mm. <laughs> it was yeah. It it just throws everything in there, and in a way, it builds up to that sequence. The action's not super over the top in the first hour. Like it's not tons and tons of action scenes. There are nice little jolt moments for a couple of minutes, and they grab you. And then they just deliver 20 minutes, where most of the time, when I get a 20-minute action scene, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's enough. Bloody hell. Like, why has it got to go on for this long? (laughs) But this was just... Because everything's... None of the actions seemed seemed repetitive. No. Like, at no stage... They're different kinds of action scenes, right? Jeez, we've we've seen this before. Yeah. They were all slightly different, and that 20 minutes is just encompassing all of it. Mm. And Um, it's, like, unlike modern action where it's you have to chop after half a second or something yeah. like that you know exactly what's going on yeah. because they stay with extended shots when they need to so you can get a sense of who's in what car who's jumping on here who's you know who's slipping over leg yeah you just know exactly what's happening there's yeah. never a moment of shit who's that and yeah. where did they go or like it's just all coherent hmm. and it's just Again, I've used the term a number of times, but it's fucking exhilarating. Yeah, the old bloody the old adrenaline pumping <laughs> and the bloody sphincters puckering. <laughs> um, and I just love the end that he was essentially a decoy. Yeah. And he kind of laughs when yeah. he realises they basically used me. Yeah. And it's, it's just such a it's, – it's kind of – I forgot about that. And so when he you see the tanker spilling out the stuff, I'm like, oh, that's right. Quality the twist, right? Was said. Mm. It's just such a great. So did, was he the decoy, or did he know? No, he did. I don't think he. Did. I don't think he knew. No. Yeah, because I, I was I was a bit confused. I got the sense of, you know, he doesn't care if he is or not, but I didn't know whether maybe. he'd actually been informed. Maybe. And that was kind of why he laughed. It was kind of in his head. He's thinking, I would have done it. I would have done that too. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he did realise. He already was aware. And he I'm just, pretty sure it's what matter. you guys are saying, that he, he was just a decoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also my favourite bit is get the bloody shotgun shell hmm. off the front of the truck and then fucking Big Bernard Wells comes flying <laughs> out and ass and in the wind and he gets ploughed into another car head on. Like, it's like, what? Who's coming up with this? <laughs> the kid's um, excitement too when he blows the bloke off the roof and that. The kid's yeah. sitting there like, <laughs> <laughs> jumping up and down. And, That's right. He shoots one bloke across there and then just yeah. goes bam through the roof. It's yeah. just fantastic stuff. Um, and I think it, once again, I love that bit at the end with telling the story because it feels like Max is a, he's a folklore tale. Yeah. You know, he's not mm. real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a story that they tell about. Well, you know, it's the, the ultimate kind of. It's the ultimate again. Going back to the westerns and the samurai, he's the drifter. You know? Yeah, he doesn't stay. Man with no name, sort of. Yeah, thing. yep. 
Yeah, I just think that stuff, like that whole back end is just brilliant. Yeah. Any other likes? That was most of mine, I think. Man? Oh, the fact that the, the guy's upset when his boyfriend's had the um, boomerang chucked into him, he doesn't quite know how boomerang works. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He just charges over it. <laughs> that cracked me up. You see, uh, I think... I think it was an interview with George Miller. He actually said it was supposed to be like a father-son thing. Oh, really? That he'd found this kid and kind of raised him. Right. It also lent it some some kind of cred that it was, if it was a, a, a the relationship that I thought it was, Yeah. it's kind of like to, to put that into an action film at that time. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's way ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time. You know? yeah. Absolutely. All right, dislikes. Um, Vernon Wells, Arthur's chaps. <laughs> Definitely. Like. Never, like. never happen again. Definitely. Like. <laughs> There's a couple of night sequences that are probably too dark. I couldn't see what was actually happening when he leaves the compound for the yeah, first time. Yeah, there's a time. couple. The one he's where wandering he's wandering uh, around. There's a gang there, but I'm like, yeah, the one, people. The one where he's got the jerry cans too yeah. was a little bit dark. Couldn't really tell. Not yeah, it didn't happen often, but I get what you. Get where you're going there. I got one about Lord Humongous. It seemed like perhaps that the audio was dubbed. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if it was, but there was a couple of times where he was kind of seemed to be acting with his hands. <laughs> was then he'd say something and he'd kind of put his hands up and wave them a couple of seconds afterwards or something. And I was just like, I get the impression that he wasn't actually saying that at that time. <laughs> it just didn't look like it. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if uh, Lord Humongous was, was as accomplished an actor as... <laughs> uh, I think, yes, obviously he was there for his uh, physique. Physique, yes, he yes. worked on his figure. Yeah, he was. Uh, he, look, he was in solid dick, I think, fella. <laughs> One of my favourites, Vernon Wells doing a forward somersault into Pike. <laughs> top of the bloke. <laughs> when they're trying to raid the place. Yeah. <laughs> I started laughing. As if he couldn't do that, though. Then he he's in. <laughs> <laughs> then he headbutts him because he was into headbutting blokes. Yeah, yeah. Ad nauseum. But it just looked ridiculous. <laughs> he does this huge flip and then into a sort of a half twist or something as he's coming down. Ridiculous. I don't like seeing animals get killed. <laughs> I'm not a, not a fan of having the dog killed. No. I think it would have been cool to keep the dog. Yeah, the dog was... I liked the dog. Yeah, I think it would have been good if he had a... You know, if Max had have continued on with the dog. Yeah. And had have seen him in the next films, but... Yeah. No, they had... Disappointing. They have to give him nothing. They have to... Strip him down, down again. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Have him with a, you know... Couldn't they have killed Gyro Captain instead? <laughs> 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 I like the dog boy. <laughs> uh, he was... I, Gyro Captain was actually really good. I yeah. remember. I remember... <laughs> That scene where they, where they, the, the little, the kids come down the hole. Yeah. And he's like, go on. What are you, it's like, like blows off the kid after like everyone's about to come down the yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I he's, like that about him. Initially when I watched it, I didn't quite see him as all that important. Yeah. Whereas this time around, I was like, he was kind of essential. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My I, also loved it. I also loved when he, he was trying to get the fucking scraps from the dog food can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, the dog's food. barking at him. And the yes, dog's nah, like, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> um, the last thing for me was the, I think they were kind of like backlit shots or something of when the gyro captain's gyro gets hit 
and he's coming down. Mm. They have some close-up shots. The effects, I don't know how they would have done it back then. Oh, they would have crashed the reel. Grant Page would have said, I'll go on. They would have just picked it up 20 feet in the air and just dropped it. <laughs> but it was like a special effects type of thing. Yeah. And it looked pretty ordinary. You know, they did it from a little bit further away, which was kind of the sense that, yeah. You know, it's the it's the outlier. It's not they didn't get two cars and crash them together for real. They just yeah. I don't know how they did it actually, but yeah, they I mean, crashed something. I thought I thought maybe it was a remote control one initially, but then there's a car in the shot as well, which makes it seem like it's a real full scale thing. So yeah. I don't know how they did it, but. but it just yeah, it ended up looking really bad. Yeah, it just sort of stuck out amongst all this real carnage. Then you've got this shot and these shots of the yeah. gyro going down that look so kind of out of place mm. and they just look like shit. I would rather they drop Grand Page from <laughs> 10 metres up. He'd have been up for it. Yeah, he wouldn't have eaten for 12 hours. So <laughs> <to> do it. <laughs> Any other dislikes? I didn't really have much. Yeah, I didn't have a, I didn't have no. a lot of There's nothing standard. There's nothing things. noticeable. There's nothing where you just like... That doesn't make any sense to me. I just, mm. I, I enjoyed it. It was just like easy to watch. No, I mean, red mohawks and arseless chaps <laughs> made perfect sense. Yeah, and, you know, when you can't get a can of gasoline, you can still get some hair dye. And- <laughs> 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 they even added to the menace because they look like complete idiots. Yeah, they still the costumes are just one of those elements of the movie that's just yeah. like you could, you wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can't get a ga- you can't get a gallon of gasoline, but you can get eyeshadow. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting it from, but yeah, you know, I mean, in a lawless land, there's still a you know a fetish shop yeah, somewhere. Yeah, we, can, we can weld up, you know, we can weld up metal masks <laughs> made to order. <laughs> All right, that's the Road Warrior. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Podomatic. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook, Thrillme Podcast Australia, and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. We're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcast.au. The next episode will be the third film in the, the series, Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> I think there's a... A little bit of there's some. I'm hearing some rumblings. It's not as good. Yeah, if Gibbo's here, it'll be four minutes. <laughs> One man leaves. <laughs> <laughs> the master blaster will be involved. Uh, but until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, or contact us at Thrill Me or one word or lowercase at iinet.net.au